all the unique characters. I do let them bang. Yeah, I say, yeah, I'm a legend, man. I'm building my legs. All the stories and perspectives featured weekly. I wasn't fully committed to that choke, and I kind of sunk into it, started squeezing tighter, and I kind of heard him gurgle a little bit. I was like, oh. And all the combat sports you could ask for in the best state in the U.S. Like I said, Ohio versus the world. It's going to happen for sure. Watch out. It'll be cool, man. I'm not worried about it. I'm going to show them why the Ohio MMA scene is, in my opinion, one of the best MMA scenes in the country. This is Forged in OH. IO. OH. IO. OH. IO. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 65 of Forged in Ohio. My name is Jake Murray, and I'm the host of the podcast. As many of you know, Cage Thunder's biggest event in history went down last December, Cage Thunder 25. I featured two winners from that card already in Chase the Archangel, Archangelo, and most recently, Mark the Caveman, Antonelli. And who better to feature next than the man who walked into and out of the cage last in the Canton Civic Center, of course. I'm talking about the winner of the main event, Mo, Mo Show Miller. Thanks for coming on the show, Mo, and welcome on in to uh, Forge in Ohio, man. Thank you for having me, bro. Right into the win at Cage Thunder 25. Being from Canton, you're, of course, a Canton McKinley alum. What did it mean to you to compete in the Canton Civic Center? I always wanted to compete at home. So uh, being able to uh, finally get that chance after I think my last fight in Ohio was 2019. So being able to finally be able to do that uh, was like one of my top goals for MMA, for sure. Is there more pressure when it comes to fighting at home, knowing there's more family and friends in attendance, or does that not really get to you at all? Uh, Maybe leading up to the fight. Uh, just because you don't have nothing but time, so you think about it a lot. But uh, once I get there, uh, it's all business here, anybody, honestly. I can't remember the exact time frame, but I think it was early on in fight week when Julian Lane had to pull out of the main event, meaning you were in the main event. Did that mean anything to you, or did it change anything going into the fight? Uh, somebody else asked me this question. I I always thought I was the main event. <laughs> no disrespect to Julian. Uh, just being from home, a lot of people would come see me. I'm sure a lot of people would have came and see Julian. He definitely has a name out there. But in my mind, uh, they in there, you know what I mean? I would have been the main event in my eyes. Yeah, referencing Stipe, I know you went to war that night with a lot of teammates at Strong Style. What's it like when a bunch of you are on the same card and get to compete together almost? I know it's a solo sport, but does that help you at all going into a fight? Uh, no. <laughs> I don't I don't really like it because uh, I think this card, we had like six of us. You know what I mean? And me being the last one, we all in the same locker room, so... Some people win, some people lose, you know what I mean? Like, it's different emotions coming in and out. Like, uh, I like to – I like I, I don't have a problem fighting with my teammates. I like – if I'm fighting, the night is about me. <laughs> yeah, I think that makes perfect sense. Is it hard to, like, stay dialed in and focused when you have one teammate walk in, they may have lost, another teammate walks in, they're on cloud nine because they just won a fight. Is it hard to, to stay focused on your fight, you're the main event? It's not really hard because uh, a lot of people on my team are uh, they 
pretty professional, you know what I mean? So, like, they don't, uh, it's not a distraction, I'll say that. It's just, uh, it's just a lot of us, <laughs> you know what I mean? When it's, when I like to fight, I like, I like to travel, I like to go play, I like to be by myself just because I know what I'm about to get into. So, like, somebody could come in there celebrating early. And uh, to me, there's no celebration time, you know what I mean, until I complete my job. I want to see everybody do win. Or I want to see everybody do well, obviously, but uh, fighting is a is a crazy sport. So I like to be as focused as I can. It was no secret coming in that your opponent, Usama Rahman, had a funky style. He told me and the Cage Thunder media team that night to expect the unexpected going into it. Did that awkward style affect your game plan at all? No, because at this level, most of the people that will fight me is like an awkward style or a southpaw or, or something out of the norm. You know what I mean? So I'm used to like almost everybody... I fought was like a weird style or or southpaw. So like I already knew how to uh, prepare for that type. You won with some ground and pound near the end of the first round. How happy were you with their performance in that fight? Uh, I was happy. I was happy. Um, If you watch Usama, like he is a tough fighter. Like he started off bad in his career because he just takes fights. He was just taking fights. So I'm sure he probably was like fighting for money or something early on. So, like, I never underestimated him. Uh, he got a finish over um, Vince Murdoch, who was in a tough house. Like, no fluke win, like a real finish. Uh, so, I knew he would be tough and try and hang in there. So, getting him out first round was, like, was ideal. I'll say that. Yeah, were you surprised with how long he was able to last? I mean, he took him down 30 seconds into the fight. The finish didn't come until there were eight seconds left in the first round. He lasted a while there, and do you think the fight could have even been stopped sooner than it was? I couldn't even hear the time, you know what I mean? So, like, I just knew, like, I could feel him breaking down, so I just keep going, keep going until I hear the whistle, but, like, I could feel him breaking down, so I just didn't want to stop because I knew I almost had him multiple times. So if I kept the pressure, I know I can get him out of there. Yeah, and it wasn't any type of pressure, man. Those elbows, you were just raining down. I was in all of them on the broadcast, like, man, just slicing the skull of Rockman. I think that's exactly what I said on the broadcast. <laughs> How lethal are those elbows? When you have somebody on the ground like that, you're on top of them, and you're just raining them down over and over and over again. Uh, lethal. Uh, I compare myself to, like, with those elbows with, like, John Jones. Like, I rarely – you won't – I rarely see anybody with that type of ground and pound. Like, I even said I think mine is better than Khabib. You know what I mean? Khabib don't really use elbows. And, like, I I kind of – I did I did that a lot in the amateurs when the time was shorter. Like, keeping that pace is a lot harder for a five-minute fight. So, I kind of slowed down. But – when I got that split decision loss, it like immediately popped in my mind, like go back to that. So they, <laughs> so they don't, they, they don't think, think shit's sweet, man. <laughs> For real. For Case Thunder 25, it was a very dominant round. You got the win. We talked about the fight being in your hometown of Canton, Ohio. What were the emotions like after the big win? Uh, relieved. Um, just to, I think, my last win. So I had a, uh, the Fury title. I broke my leg, waited a year, 
came back, lost the split decision. So I haven't won since before uh, before that Fury title. Like I think that was twenty summer twenty two. So uh, to me, that's not acceptable. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like I I wanted to, uh, and then uh, I wanted to show everybody like I'm still one of the best in the world. Like so, just to get a guy like that out in the first round, uh, I was relieved that I proved to myself that I can still do that do you feel like you accomplished that goal you showed everyone else that you are the best in the world with that performance and with the win no because people won't give me credit because uh he did have a losing record uh but that was the first guy i ever fought with a losing record you know what i mean so like to me i i know i'm the best in the world but people probably won't give me the credit that's why i'm steady if you follow me on instagram steady asking for the ufc asking for it you know what i mean like I'm not asking for no low-level fights. You know what I mean? Like, I'm willing to get and prove I'm the best in the world with whoever, like, any style. So, like, I think a lot of people seeing that um, I have potential, but I don't think I don't think they know. Like, for me to say best in the world, I don't. they won't understand. Like, they won't get it until I prove it on the highest level. And that's all I'm asking. <laughs> I'm willing to do that. You know what I mean? So you mentioned the two-fight losing streak heading into Cage Thunder 25 and the importance of it, of the fight for you to get the win there. All fighters had their ups and downs, and something that Dustin Poirier actually said that has stuck in my brain is that when you lose, you take two L's, a loss and a lesson. What lessons did you learn when you lost those two fights? You got time for a story? Yeah, of course, if you have time. So, well, I'll start with the short one. So the last loss, the split, the split decision, that was my first fight, like, coming off the injury. Like, I had a broken leg, so I wasn't – and my mindset for that fight was uh, don't do too much. You know what I mean? Like, stay healthy, get the win, and uh, move on. But uh, I was in the guy's hometown. To me and everybody – and 90% of the people who watched it, everybody thought I won the ref – the announcers, the promoters, everybody in Texas thought I won, but I didn't. It was a split decision. Uh, they said he won. So uh, a lesson I would learn from that is just make sure I get the finish if I'm going into uh, enemy territory. Like, I I can't use a fight as um, I'm coming off an injury. Let me just do this or let me just do that. Even though I felt like I won for sure, they won't always give it to me. I'll say that. So uh, that was a lesson I learned from there for sure. The fight, the Fury fight, I broke my leg in that fight. But leading up to that, that was my first five-round fight. So uh, I was preparing for it, did everything. Fly out Friday, fight Sunday. I get there, uh, get to the airport. They cancel my flight. I'm going to New Orleans. So they cancel my flight. I'm in Cleveland. Push it back to 11 p.m. I said, all right, that's fine. At least I still get a flight. They canceled that at like 6 p.m. So I'm just like stuck. I'm like 137, you know what I mean? Almost down the weight. And uh, I'm with Cody Stevens. I'm sure you heard of Cody Stevens. He was the uh, coach traveling with me. And I had just got a newer car. And uh, I looked at the GPS. That just says 17 hours. <laughs> and they said, yeah, I'll get there on Saturday. 
at 8.30 and weigh-ins is at 9. So I was like, fuck it. <laughs> I was like, fuck it. Called a few people. Ain't nobody tell me no. You know what I mean? Like, I'm asking them, what should I do? What should I do? Call my mom. She, uh, they was already on the way down there driving. So I'm like, damn, like, I can't, like, cancel it because my mom driving down there. You know what I mean? So I just said, fuck it. Like, in that mindset, like, cutting weight, hopped in the car from the airport, 17 hours straight. Drove 17 hours. Uh, uh, me and Cody, we literally get there at 830. Like, as soon as we get out the car, feel the Louisiana heat, like everything. So I ain't had no time to adjust. I ain't have nothing. I just, we just threw our shit on, hit the pads because we didn't have no scale. We don't, I don't know how much I weigh or nothing. You know what I mean? So we sweat as much as we can, get there. I weigh in at 133. Never weighed that since high school. You know what I mean? Uh, we weigh in, blase, blase. So I'm exhausted on the day before the fight. It's like, I just drove. I never drove eight hours, you know. <laughs> so 17, like, I, w- I didn't know how that w- would affect me. And I was, like, exhausted. So I I ain't feel like doing all the obligations I had to do um, Saturday. Like, go get the food. Go rehydrate. all the sh- Go to the meetings. Like, I was just exhausted. So, like, I didn't even rehydrate, right? I just wanted to lay down. I just wanted to do whatever. And then the next day, it was fight day. And uh, Saturday, I still didn't get enough sleep because I'm thinking about the fight. You know what I mean? So I'm up. I woke up Friday morning to lose weight because I thought I was catching a plane. You know what I mean? So I ain't even, my last night of sleep was Thursday. So uh, I, I was up at 8 in the morning Friday. Drove all the way down there, weigh in, do all that stuff. Can't sleep Saturday because I got the fight. You know what I mean? So I'm tossing and turning. And then fight day, I was like, I was skinny, I was exhausted, I was, like, tired. And then Weems is, like, an energetic guy, so, like, (laughs) he ready to go, you know what I mean? And this is my first five-round fight, so I'm like, damn, like, I feel like (laughs) I ever felt, you know what I mean? And I still went and fought him, so, like, we went, I think it was third round, he ended up catching me in a guillotine. But it wasn't, like, it wasn't, like, a skillful guillotine. It was, like, a fatigued. You know what I'm saying? Like, that's all I had. Like, so uh, I don't really say that story much because uh, people really don't, they won't understand. It sounds like an excuse to them. You know what I mean? But uh, the lesson, to bring it back, the lesson I learned from that is uh, make smarter decisions. Uh, I don't always have to, uh, I just figure if I beat him, I'm going to the UFC. You know what I mean? So I, I put in too much work. Training for five rounds is like a lot. You know what I mean? So I was like, fuck it. I'm going to just dry down there, but I ain't know how to affect me. So uh, the lesson I would learn, make smarter decisions. Uh, I don't have to take every fight. You know what I mean? Like, I could have waited, I guess. But that was, I definitely learned from that fight. It wasn't necessarily the skills or the fight or what Weems did or whatever, because I still was winning that fight. You know what I mean? I just ain't have much in me. So uh, I definitely learned from that fight for sure. Yeah, I feel like that's an important lesson to learn. And I really appreciate you sharing that story with us here on Forge in Ohio, man. And I could only imagine, I think the longest road trip I've ever taken in my life is about nine hours. So just about (laughs) double that 17 hours down to New Orleans. 
how no food, no water. Yeah, that's insane. How concerned were you that this fight maybe isn't going to happen? Whether it's you're at the airport and flights are getting canceled, or at any moment during that 17 hour drive with no stops in between. Uh, I was more concerned at the airport because I never drove. So that really wasn't a thought in my mind uh, to really drive. It was just like that shining house because I wanted it bad. You know, you will never hear a story like that. You will never hear that again. You no fighter boxing, MMA, amateur pro. You will never hear that. Uh, that's how I know I was built different. You know what I mean? That's how I know, like, I really wanted it. Uh, and my first loss to Jose Johnson, that shit was in Colorado elevation. And I ain't even know about elevation. You know what I mean? <laughs> like I went, I was, I went Friday, flew out Friday. They changed my opponent. I was supposed to fight. Uh, I forget his name, but his nickname is cupcake. Uh, he fought in Bellator, all this shit. And then they switched it to Jose on Friday. And I could have said no right there, too. You know what I mean? Like, but I know I'll beat Jose. <laughs> so I said, yeah, but I wasn't accounting for the uh, the elevation. And nobody, like, told me or warned me. or And that, and I was 10-8 in him first round. And then that shit, I went to my corner. <laughs> and I felt like I couldn't breathe, bro. Like, like, I felt like I was in shape and everything because uh, it was for the Dana White's looking for a fight. Uh, so I, after the contenders, I wanted to prove to him, you know, so I took that fight. Think about Colorado and the elevation and that shit. And uh, that shit was extreme fatigue, too. So, like, both of them combined is like I didn't have to take that fight. You know what I mean? Like, or I should have prepared for elevation. But, you know, you got to work and shit. You can't just take two weeks off to prepare an elevation you know what I mean and nobody warned me like nobody told me nothing about I'm just thinking I gotta be in shape <laughs> but that shit is like I don't know if you ever been there but like it's ridiculous bro to fight if you don't prepare in that so like my losses that's why I still think I'm the best in the world because like without travel problems like I haven't lost and then Texas like fighting down there like I won that fight, you know what I mean? Like, so like without having travel or whatever, I don't feel like I lost. I was dominating both of them dudes. Like, and then the fatigue kicked in, bro. Like, fuck it now, I'm past it. So I learned great lessons from all three of those. Like, I'm a fighter who, who I'm a fighter and wrestler who rarely make the same mistake twice. You know what I mean? So like, I definitely learned. So in hindsight, I guess, with the experience that you had in New Orleans, I know it was a big setback in your career, the loss, the broken leg, but are you at least thankful that you learned that lesson and now you're better because of it moving on in your career? Yeah, I'm thankful. I was questioning God, all that stuff, because, like, I know how talented I am. Like, all right, I drove down there, but why I had to break my leg? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, so, like, I'm very thankful because I didn't have to learn those lessons in the UFC or PFL or wherever in a bigger promotion. You know what I mean? Like, so once I do get there, I already will have all the experience. Like, it ain't really much I haven't been through in fighting. You know what I mean? So I'm, I am very thankful that I went through that. 
talking with Mo, Mo Show Miller on Forged in Ohio. You mentioned the experience that you have as a pro with 11 fights in the last five years and with a serious injury there as well. You, of course, are three years removed from the win at Dana White's Contender Series. With the experience you had, the lessons you've learned, and the win at Cage Thunder 25, are you at your best right now in 2024? Yeah, I'm at my best right now. And, uh, I'm very good at learning. One of my best skill sets is, like, improving. Like, that's how I got so good at wrestling. Like, I was never a state qualifier in high school. You know what I mean? And became a three-time All-American, most wins in school history at Notre Dame. So, like, the people, the MMA fans who just know me from MMA really don't know how I get down. You know what I mean? So, like... The losses, even the way how they lost, that ain't going to do nothing but motivate me. Like I said, I don't make the same mistake twice. And uh, and the fighters know. The fighters my weight class know about me. You'll have never hear no fighter call me out. You'll never hear, like, they UF, They all look at my stuff. They all, they won't say nothing bad because they know. <laughs> they know I'm coming. You know what I mean? Like, I done trained with a lot of those guys and, uh, and left with the same mindset. I'm the best in the world. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, and we don't have to be wrestling. Like I said, I just, I was D2. You know what I mean? If y'all can't beat D2, <laughs> I ain't I ain't saying I'm I'm four-time national champion, but when people think about me, they say wrestling, wrestling, wrestling. And, uh, and yeah, I use wrestling in a lot of my fights, but I can beat the strikers. I can beat the wrestlers. I can beat the black belts. I can beat the kickers. I can beat the tall fighters. I can beat the wild fighters. I can beat the short fighters. All, all of them. Uh, I ain't saying I can't lose, but I'm skillful and enough experience and high level enough to compete with any man my size, I think. Now, with all that being said, how good can you become? I mean, you're still only 31 years old in this game. If they let me in, I'm going to be the champion. <laughs> that's all they got. That's how good I can. And I truly believe that when I get to the, all the resources going to be equal. You know what I mean? I won't have to worry about paying for me and my coaches flights or or having to fight in elevation with two days or you know what I'm saying like I won't once all the resources is equal then the sky is the limit for real do you think about those things a lot like becoming a champion things like legacy often and the impact you're trying to leave on the sport uh not necessarily legacy uh I just want my shot I just want to prove to myself that uh I am who I say I am. Like, I like talking trash. Uh, I'm not cocky, but if we're in the same competitive environment at practice or whatever, I like talking trash. I like feeling everybody's best. You know what I mean? Like, I don't like easy opponents. So I I want to uh, – so legacy-wise, I'm not really thinking about the legacy. I'm just thinking about let me in and let me prove to myself I'm one of the best in the world. You know what I mean? Like, I'm one of them. Like, I don't want to uh, say I'm the best fighter that ever lived. I'm not saying that. I'm saying whoever, I'm skillful enough and experienced enough that I think I'm one of the best in the world. <laughs> like, and nobody really, like, proved to me I'm not. Like, I put myself in all type of situations, boxing, jujitsu. Like, I'm looking for the best wherever I can go. And uh, everybody I ever went with, I never felt like, oh, he got the better of me. You know what I mean? Like, except when I very first started off, like maybe like boxing or something or something like that. But once I caught on, 
like I can I can box with the pro boxers. You know what I mean? I can roll with whoever. Like I can strike with whoever. Like so I'm not I just want to prove to myself I am who I say I am. And the only way that y'all gonna listen is if I'm in the UFC. You know what I mean? Or at the highest level. So that's all I want to prove. I love the confidence of saying that you're the best in the world, and I can understand how much you believe, you know, that you are the best in the world. Have you ever wavered from that mindset, or have you always had this determination that you are the best in the world, and damn it, one day you're going to prove to everyone that you're the best in the world? Yeah, I never waver, (laughs) because I always put myself in the situations. You know what I mean? Like, say I'm getting better in uh, boxing or something, like, and I'm starting to beat people, like, I'll go fight, like, Tiger Johnson, who's an Olympian. You know what I mean? So if I'm doing well with him or giving him work, then my confidence is going to keep rising. You know what I mean? Because I'm, I'm putting myself in those situations. A lot of fighters don't. Like, it's a lot of fighters who, in the UFC who will never spar Tiger Johnson. You know what I mean? Or who will never get in there with an All-American wrestler or who will never, like, I'll do that in your individual sport. You know what I mean? Like, I'll challenge you in your individual sport. And most MMA guys won't do that. Like, so, like, I'm saying this because of the experiences I have. You know what I mean? Like, y'all don't get to see it every day. But, like, any coach I have from youth to now will tell you, like, even if I, in high school when I didn't go to state, like, Mo always wanted the best available, the best competition available. You know what I mean? Even if I lose, like, I'm going to test myself and then learn from it. You know what I mean? Most people don't test themselves. They beat who they can beat. You know what I mean? And in MMA, you can kind of pick your way. You know that you got a good manager. You don't have to, you don't have to fight a wrestler. You don't have to fight. You know what I mean? I'm fighting. Usama was the only one who said yes. Like I, I wouldn't have picked a losing record guy, but like, that's the only one they could find. You know what I mean? So like, if you say you want to fight Mo, then we gonna fight. <laughs> like that's simple as that. Would you say that's your biggest goal right now to prove to the world that you are the best in the world and one day become a UFC champion? Not really the world. Prove to the world It's prove to myself because the world, even when I become a UFC champion, they are gonna say he can't do it at one forty five. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean. Like I always felt that. Like I always felt like they gonna keep moving the shit for me you know what i mean so like as long as i prove to myself and the fighters in my weight class that's who i want to know you know what i mean the fighters in my weight all my competition i want them to know i'm the best you know what i mean then they could tell the world (laughs) you know what i mean so like i'm just gonna i just want to prove to myself like if i'm not the best i'm not the best but i think i am is the only way to prove that to yourself to become a champion one day or is going on a, a great run enough for you? Uh, if I get there, I want to be a champion because I don't want to say this person better than me. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I would never say, like, if I'm in there right now, O'Malley is better than me. Like, I would never say that, you know what I mean, until I fight him and he beat me or something. But, like, if it's a champion, I'm aiming for this top spot. Like, I'm, I don't want to... I'm not a participant, you know what I mean? Like, <laughs> I'm a champion. I'm going to keep working until I'm a champion. If I get in there and I take four losses in a row or some shit, I ain't who I think I am, you know what I mean? But 
I ain't gonna take four losses in a row. <laughs> For real. I'll beat his ass, like, cause uh <laughs> he Peter Yan has six minutes of control. Come on now. If Peter Yan can do that, like and, and Sean O'Malley fights short people. He I ain't that short. You know what I mean? Like you won't fight him. You won't see him. Cheeto is the tallest person he fought and uh he lost. You know what I mean? So like he too he too weak. For, I don't even like talking because I just want to get there and prove it, man. <laughs> I don't think he'll I don't think he'll beat me. It is other tough guys in there uh who definitely I think would be good fights, but like O'Malley specifically, I ain't really worried about him. I feel like a dream matchup would be you versus Marab Wallace Willie. Like the styles of both of you guys, the wrestling and the cardio that he has, I just think that would be such a great clash of styles. Do you agree with that? No. <laughs> I think uh I think people don't under that's why I don't really do interviews because I don't really like talking, but people don't Marab, I don't like I'm a high level wrestler, so like I understand wrestling. You know what I mean? Like Marab wrestling ain't high level. He do have a pace. That would be that would be the fight. It's his pace. But if I wanted to take Marab down, I would take Marab down. I don't think he'll take me down. The dream matchup would be me versus Umar. That's the fight I want. That's the fight I always wanted. Like people, uh, he's very good at his kicks. Uh, he's very good at wrestling, and he's trained under Khabib. So like me, like I come from a Taekwondo background, so I can like see the kicks. You know what I mean? I understand range. I understand. If you look at my last fight, you can see it on the feet, like how I like bounce in the side. Like people think I don't use my Taekwondo, but my footwork, I, you you just don't know what you're looking at. You know what I mean? So like with Umar and his kicks, uh, I know what I'm looking at. You know what I mean? I know the distance that he needs to land him. I know. I just think that would be a great fight because he all around and I'm all around. And uh, he'll be the one to show that I don't need wrestling. You know what I mean? Somebody like that, like where I would strike with him or where I will take him down or, you know what I mean? I just think that I think Marab is like only wrestling and only pace. You know what I mean? So like he'll realize he can't take me down. Like, so I'll probably piece him up (laughs) for real. I love that, man. You don't hear many people right now calling out Umar and saying, you know, that's a dream matchup. That's a fight that I want one day. I give you a lot of credit for that as well. Once again, this is Mo Mosho Miller with us on Forged in Ohio. Just a few more minutes with you, man. Let's talk short term. When can fans expect to see you back in the cage? Uh, I'm really waiting for a call up, but I feel like they won't just call me. I feel yeah, I don't know why, but I don't know what I want to do right now. Like, I want to fight, uh, but I know I deserve to be in the UFC. Uh, any UFC fighter, any UFC coach that i ever been around confirm it. You know what I mean? So, like, that's the frustrating part because everybody who means something will say it. Like, from Eric at Extreme to Winkle John, every Al Jermaine Sterling, I never even met him, and he uh, shouted me out multiple times, you know what I mean? Like, all the fighters, like, all the coaches that ever seen me, uh, Glover, 
Alex Pereira. I had both of them in the corner when I faced, uh, I forget his name, but the Brazilian dude at LFA, the one I slammed. That was right before Alex Pereira got signed and Glover was the champ. So I had both of them in the corner and went viral <laughs> off they do. You know what I mean? They both gave me credit. So, like, I don't really need, like, confirmation. You know what I mean? Like, just let me in. If I don't win, cut me. I don't even care. Like, I just want to prove myself. But I know I'll win. I know I'll win, especially with a camp. You know, and if I can get a full camp, fly me out. That's all I need y'all to do. And we're going to go from there. Like, so short term, I want to fight soon. Uh, it's just like, who's going to fight me at this level? Like, I'm taking a risk for the most part. You know what I mean? Like, it's a, it's a come up if whoever beat me. Both of those guys who beat me went to the UFC. You know what I mean? Like, so, like, I feel like I'm risking it. But if somebody say my name, I'll fight them. That's how, that's how it's going to go. So I'm kind of just waiting right now, but I'm ready to fight. It's whatever. Yeah, and you mentioned how it was difficult to get anyone to fight you at Cage Thunder 25. That's why you fought a guy with a losing record and you saw Marakman. And it might be difficult now that you have that win to find another fight if it isn't for a major promotion. What are the chances that you do get that call up and that your next fight is for a major promotion like the UFC versus you maybe take another fight for a different organization? I don't know the chances. Uh, <laughs> shit, they know, they know I'm here. Like, all them Mick and Sean and my manager, they all know what I want. Like, it just will one of them fighters take me on a short notice. You know, I'm still risky for them, too. Like, I'm still somebody you got to prepare for. And like, not even on no cocky shit, but just, like, I wouldn't fight me on two days, three days notice. <laughs> you know, even if I'm in the UFC. Like, so I'm kind of stuck in a shitty place for real because... The fighters know I am good. They'll if if I do get a short notice, they'll take him over me. You know what I mean? Like or somebody can't wrestle or something like that. You know what I mean? So like, I am a dangerous fight, and uh, shit, I'm here. If they, I'm just waiting on them. Do you feel any pressure to make statements in fights to get yourself there and to that point, or do you think what you're already doing, you know, is up to that standard, and that's not really something you worry about? I got eight wins, six finishes, you know, at 135. Like, the only two people I didn't finish was my pro debut and uh, contender series. And both of them was, like, rehydration. Like, I fought both of them the same. I just didn't eat right. And, uh, like, it was, like, my first time. For my pro debut, I never made 35. So, like, that shit, I learned the importance of it. And then contender series was like, I think I was had to go to the venue at like two o'clock. So like I didn't even I just woke up and I ain't really eat how I should have. So like I was just like, damn, I entertain or win. You know what I mean? I was like, fuck it, I'm a, I'm winning because it's the most money I ever fought for. So like I made that decision in the backstage. Like that's why after you can I said like I didn't feel right. You know what I mean? Like, but I still thirty twenty seven the undefeated fighter. So, like, that's where my confidence, because I know how I felt the fights I didn't finish. Everybody else got finished, you know what I mean? Or some elevation shit or driving, you know what I mean? It wasn't nothing straight up. Like, so I don't feel like I lost straight up yet. Like, 
that's where my confidence comes from because it's always something like but it's not an excuse but it's like them is major factors you know what i mean like driving 17 hours and fighting the elevation who else show me another fighter who do who did that you know what i mean so like that's where my confidence is coming from is because i know i'm a risk taker and i know i put myself in positions to where i had to overcome you know what i mean i had to fight some adversity so like now i'm ready to go i've been through everything <laughs> you know what i mean so like you can't no fighter look at those fights and be like all right this is a way to beat mo you know not even a split decision fight because he didn't win <laughs> you know what I mean? he wasn't winning so like what how how what what film would they watch you know what i mean like what what match so like i'm just rambling this frustration just because i don't really like explaining it i just like showing people so like as far as do i feel the need to uh yes i feel the need to finish everybody <laughs> i feel the need to finish everybody from here on out uh just to show them what level i am and, and people will play with you and they oh you just a wrestler or you're not entertainment they'll throw that at you but uh my whole life playing sports i was never a boring nothing you know what i mean so like they just don't want to fight they just don't want to they just making up excuses like <laughs> so i don't, i don't know but yeah, bro. Yeah, I think what you're saying right now makes a lot of sense. Obviously, you're hopeful, and I think we both believe that you earned that shot right now to get that call to the UFC. But would you be willing to take another shot at something like the Contender Series or something like Tough? Or are you really eyeing on, hey, let's get that call up, let's get that fight in the UFC with the UFC letters on my damn gloves, let's get that fight? Uh, I wouldn't turn down an opportunity. You know what I mean? But if it was up to me, I want something straight up. I don't want something like, let's see if he entertain us. <laughs> you know what I mean? That I don't want it. I don't want I I feel like I don't I don't want to say I don't have to do that, but like I went viral twice without UFC, you know what I mean? Without a bigger promotion. No one thirty five is knocking people out with slams, bro. Like you know what I mean? Like none of them and they, and the ones above me, I wouldn't even say above me, but in the higher organization, they know, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, they know about me. And, like, that's what's frustrating is because it's like, they ain't no white is saving these dudes for real. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? By not letting me in. And that's what's pissing me off is because I know I can hang with every last one of them. Like, I just looked at the top 10 the other day and uh, I don't, I, I'm not scared of none of them. <laughs> you know what I mean? So, like, and I'm not being cocky, it's more just fed up. That's basically what it is. Like, I was always humble my whole life. I always, you never heard nothing from me until after Contender Series. You know what I mean? Like, that's when I start talking. It's because it's like, that's when the narratives start coming. And I'm, hold up. <laughs> I'm still one of the best, you know what I mean? So, yeah, I'll be willing to do whatever, but I would like a straight up call up like everybody else. You know what I mean? I think I deserve it. Yeah, I agree with you, man. And I don't know if it does come across as cocky because I've talked to a bunch of mixed martial artists and you almost have to believe in that to actually go out there and do it. If you don't believe in yourself, nobody else is going to believe that you're able to do it. So when you're saying these things, sure, it might come across as cocky to other people, but knowing the game like I do, and of course, like you do, you have to believe that to go out there and do it, right? 
Yeah, you. That's what kills me. Is like people scared to speak up for themselves. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not gonna tell you you're the best in the world. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and, and you're not gonna tell me I'm the best in the world. You know what I mean? So like, nobody is gonna tell me I'm the best in the world but me. You know what I mean? Like, my mom, she proud of me. My dad, they proud of me. But they probably won't even say I'm the best in the world. They probably you'll get there son or some shit you know what i mean like but if i'm not telling me every day if i'm not confirming it uh like i don't know how you can be in a sport like this like what is the point of being in a sport like this <laughs> you know what i mean if you don't if you're not trying to be the best in the world like this is this is you can get killed in something like this you know what i mean or seriously hurt like so if you don't believe in yourself, that's what killed me is people don't a hundred percent believe in themselves, and uh that come from a lot of things like the work they put in or whatever uh i know i put the work i know i put myself in hard situations for years you know what i mean so like somebody gotta really beat my ass for three rounds or something like that for me to like not believe it like and that never happened like nobody ever landed like five punches <laughs> you know what i mean like ever in my whole fighting career might be even like three punches for real for real so like that's where my confidence comes from <laughs> like like i'm i don't know bro like yeah i'm 100 percent confident well mo this was one hell of a chat man you were really generous with your time and i can't <laughs> wait until you prove to others but like you said most importantly to yourself that you are the best in the world before we wrap up anything you want to shout out or plug here at the back end of the podcast the floor is yours uh shit just shout out forged in ohio man that's that's all i'm shouting out today man uh i like what you do uh i'm glad you putting a spotlight on everybody in Ohio as much as you can. Uh, I think we need an outlet like that. I think you're doing a great job. Um, sorry, I'm so late. I feel like I should have been on here, but yeah, bro, keep doing what you're doing for sure. Thank you, man. That means a lot coming from you and thanks for joining me. It was an honor to feature the Mo show on Forge in Ohio. And I know you're destined to be great in this MMA space. Before I get you out of here, I always ask my guests to help me out with the OHIO chant. So OH. Do I got to do You don't have to. Movement? Just give me an IO. Whatever you whatever you want to do. IO. <laughs> there you go, man. Thanks, Mo. I was honored to commentate your last win. I can't wait to see what's next. And you know that I'll be doing my best to cover it all from here. I appreciate you, brother, for sure. That was Mo, Mo Show Miller, the 8-3 pro mixed martial artist. I could go on and on talking about Mo's accolades and what he's accomplished early into his pro career, but I'm confident that most of you are familiar with what he's capable of. There's no doubt that we'll see the Mo Show on the big stage sooner rather than later. I hope you all enjoyed this episode of Forged in Ohio. I know I said it last week, but I truly feel like we started 2024 strong. I wanted to make this a breakout year for the show, and I'm super happy with the first five episodes of the year. I appreciate all your continued support. If you haven't already, make sure you're downloading episodes wherever you listen to the show and subscribing to the Forged in Ohio YouTube channel. And don't forget about our socials at Forged in Ohio on both Instagram and Facebook. Thank you all for watching or tuning in. I've been your host, Jake Marin, and this was Forged in Ohio.